Surah Al-Sajda. So what surah is it? Is it Makki or Madani? Makki surah. How often did the Prophet ﷺ recite this surah? Every night. Every night before going to sleep. And specially which day? On the day of Friday. In which salah? Fajr. So that means he recited it out loud. So that he wouldn't just read it, but the people standing behind him would also hear it. They would also listen to it. And he would recite the surah in the first rakah of Fajr. Why? Why do you think so much attention the Prophet ﷺ gave to the surah? That every night and then once a week in one of the largest gatherings of the week, before that, before Salatul Jumu'ah, Salatul Fajr, the Prophet ﷺ recited this. Why do you think so? What's so important about the surah? That the theme of the surah is what? Submission to Allah the Exalted. Which is, if you think about it, the purpose of our lives. Isn't it? I mean, we have been created to worship Allah and worship is what? Servitude and submissiveness. So the surah is a very powerful reminder of that. I mean, if you look at the beginning of the surah, how does the surah begin? About this book. That what kind of a book is this? Revelation from Allah, revelation from the Lord of the worlds, there is no doubt in this book. Then the purpose of this book has been mentioned, that the purpose is to warn those who have not been warned. To inform those who have not been informed. So this Qur'an is basically a gift of guidance from who? From Allah. For who? For all of mankind. And then we see, as we continue with the surah, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He is mentioned that who is He? He is the Creator. He is the one who's regulating the affairs of this entire universe. And then the power of Allah, the oneness of Allah, that is mentioned. Then the human beings, their reality is mentioned that who are we? Allah created us from what? From sulalatim mimma'im maheen. And that reminds us of our reality. And if you think about it, when we remember who we really are, only then can we submit to Allah. Because what prevents us from obedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? It's our own pride and arrogance. Isn't it? But then when you remember who you are, what you are, it's easy to surrender. And then we see over here that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in ayah 9 that ثُمَّ سَوَّاهُ وَنَفَخَ فِيهِ مِنْ رُوحِ وَجَعَلَ لَكُمُ السَّمْعَ وَالْأَبْصَارَ وَالْأَفْئِدَةِ قَلِيلًا مَا تَشْكُرُونَ That Allah has endowed you with so many strengths, so many abilities, the ability to hear, to see, to feel, but little gratitude is which you show. Or very few of you show gratitude. The gratitude that you show is so minimal. It is so little. Three things are mentioned over here. Summer, absar, and afida. Summer is the ability to hear. And absar, the ability to see. And afida, plural of fuad, is the ability to feel. It's the emotions. Because if you think about it, there's the word qalb for the heart, and then there's a word fu'ad for the heart. And fu'ad specifically is used for the heart that's brimming with emotion. Like it's really feeling something. And we do have these states when we are very emotionally charged, or when we are very emotionally low. But if you think about it, many times, what is it that drives us to do something, to say something? It's the heart. Like for example, if somebody's saying, you know, nonsense to you, and you're getting really offended, you're getting really angry and agitated, that anger will make you say something. 
isn't it? If you are in love and you're really moved by, you know, some gesture of love or affection that somebody has shown to you, again, you can't keep it in your heart. It moves you to say something. If you're really sad, if you're really heartbroken, does that make you cry? Does that make you cry? Isn't it amazing? You try so hard to hold your tears back and you just cannot. So this ability to feel even this is a blessing. Because over here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is pointing out three blessings to us. Samar, absar and afida. The ability to hear, yes, that's a blessing. The ability to see, that's a blessing. But the ability to feel tenderness, feeling, this is also a blessing. Because this is what moves us to compassion. This is what moves us to action. This is what moves us to forgiveness sometimes. It really motivates us to do something. So this is also a blessing. But Allah says, قَلِيلَ مَّا تَشْكُرُونَ Very little gratitude you show. How is it that we show very little gratitude? That first of all, the gratitude we express for these blessings is very little. So much so that even when we have to say, Allahumma aafini fi basari, Allahumma aafini fi samri, we find it difficult to say that. Whereas these are blessings that we enjoy every day. You know, yesterday I read somewhere, this morning I woke up with two blessings. It's at my eyes. That how often do we think that I don't have this today, I don't have that today. But I woke up with two blessings. And those are my eyes. So verbally, we show very little gratitude. Or even in our heart, we feel very little gratitude for these blessings. In other words, we take them for granted. We really take them for granted. I mean, think about our ears, how precious they are, how amazing they are. That if even one part of it is not functioning properly anymore, and that has to be replaced, then how many thousands of dollars have to be spent to just get one extra you know, earpiece or something like that inside the ear or outside the ear to help you hear properly. And it's never the same. Never ever the same. Same thing with vision. We take it for granted. Same thing for the heart. We take it for granted. So, قَلِيلًا ma تَشْكُرُونَ And second, if you think about it, gratitude is not just expressed verbally. It's not just felt in the heart. It's also exhibited. It's also shown. It's also displayed. How do you show gratitude? How do you express gratitude? With your limbs, with your actions. So, how do you express gratitude with your hearing? With your ears? How do you express gratitude to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for your ears, with your ears? How can you do that? By listening. Listening to what? Good things, the dhikr of Allah, whether it's the Qur'an, or it's something, you know, a good reminder. How else can we show gratitude to Allah for the ability to hear? By not listening to things that we should not listen to. So, firstly, listening to good things, and secondly, not listening to bad things. Okay, how else can we show gratitude for summer? By really bringing into action the good that we hear. So that it shows that yes, we actually benefited from what we heard. What other type of listening can we do? How about listening to someone who's heartbroken? And they want to share their you know, story of their life with you. They want to share their sorrows with you. And then you're listening to them whether on the phone or in person, you're giving them time and you're listening to someone. 
isn't that shukr for the ability to hear? Because you're using your hearing, your sense of hearing in a good way. And a good way is not limited to just listening to the dhikr of Allah. You understand? It can also be by helping others. So being available to others, I'm not saying do nothing and just listen to people. No, but taking that time out to listen to people, listen to their concerns, listen to their worries and their fears and their questions and their problems so that you can help them. Because many times what people want from us is not solutions because they know that we cannot provide them solutions. What do they want? Somebody to listen to them. Hmm? They don't want to hear back because they know what they're supposed to do. All they want is you listen to me. You listen to me. And at times it's very difficult. Be an active listener. Meaning not just someone who's there and saying, yeah, okay, yeah, and then you're looking at your phone. Yeah, I know, how sad. What did you say? No. Being there. Looking at the person. Whether it's a two-year-old child who's coming with their complaint, or it is a 50-year-old person, or it is someone in their 70s or 80s. All they want is somebody to listen to them. That's it. They just want your time. Many times it happens that, you know, the problems that we're having, we just need to be able to consolidate our thoughts and then express them. And as we are expressing them, we come up with the solution ourselves. So being that listening ear, you know, the munafiqun, they actually mocked at the Prophet ﷺ. They said, huwa uzun. He listens too much. He hears too much. Meaning he listens to people too much. They mocked at him. Whereas Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, قُلْ أُذُنُوا خَيْرٍ لَكُمْ That if the Prophet ﷺ is like that, that he listens to you too much, he hears your problems and your excuses, that's actually good for you. So, being available to others to just listen to them, to hear them out, to talk to them, this is also part of showing gratitude for the ability to hear, for the ability to listen. I visited the hospital a while ago and um, there was a lady over there next to the person that I was visiting. And this lady, she wasn't really able to see that clearly, an old lady. And she was looking for her, the intercom, so basically the button through which you call the nurses. She was looking for she couldn't find it. So I thought I should help her. So I just passed it to her and she was trying to press it. And she's like, it's not working. And I looked at it and it was actually taped. Okay, It was taped on purpose. And then the nurse came by and she told me that please don't take the tape off. Don't do that because she keeps calling. Every 30 seconds, every 45 seconds, she's just calling and calling because all she wants is that somebody should come and be there with her. That's it. You know, they turned the TV on for her, but she can't see. They had the radio for her, but she's not interested in politics. An old lady, she wants somebody to listen to her when she has stories to share of her you know, childhood, her good memories. And this is the reality of many, many old people today. And these old people could be our own grandparents also. Could be us also someday. I mean, if you have grandparents in your house or nearby, does it ever happen that you go visit them and they're upset with you? That where were you? Or that you're doing something and they're just criticizing you constantly. Do it this way, not that way. Because what they want from you is attention. Just come and sit with me, ask me how my day was so that I can tell you how my day was, which is like any other day that I spend. But I want you to listen to me. So this is also a way of showing shukr that alhamdulillah I can hear. 
Alhamdulillah, I can listen. Absar. How do we show gratitude for vision? Firstly, by expressing gratitude verbally, feeling it in our heart. Okay. How can we show gratitude by using our vision? Looking at ayat kauni, looking at Allah's creation, taking the time to actually see it, because usually our eyes are just fixed on our gadgets, or we're just concerned about how we look, looking at ourselves, or looking at the things of people. But we need to look beyond these things also, and look at the colors and the details and the patterns and the lovely things that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created, that is a way of shukr. How else? Looking at the blessings that we have so that we feel gratitude. Instead of looking at what we don't have, looking at what we have. So that we also feel grateful for the many difficulties that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has saved us from. How else can we show gratitude for our vision? How about looking for things that we can fix? Looking for things that we can fix. Because sometimes what happens is, you know, as we're walking by, for example, and yes, we can see the tissue on the masjid carpet. We can see it. But what happens? We walk by as if we didn't see it. Once I was in somebody's office and, you know, under the table there was another set of drawers and on top of that was a lot of dust, but nobody saw it even though people were hired to clean it. So this one individual, they came and as they were sitting, they just took a tissue and they wiped it. You know, and somebody said that, how is it that you saw it and you fixed it and others didn't see it? And I was thinking, I saw that dust. I saw it. So many other people who came by, they must have seen it. But how many times is it that we see things, we look at them and then we look away? So shukr is that yes, I saw, alhamdulillah, oh Allah, you showed me this, so I can fix it. I mean, if you think about it, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala could not have allowed us to see it. But if He gave us the ability to see it, that means it's an opportunity for khair. So when we grab that opportunity for khair, when we do it, then we have shown gratitude for the ability to see. Because if we saw and we looked away, we didn't do anything, then it's basically no difference to us whether we have those eyes or we don't. So gratitude for vision also. When you just mentioned about hearing, that just like make the whole circle and it just opened a new door because it kept on coming, hearing and seeing and using it hard. So you listen to the situation and now you see with your eyes what you have listened. If you can reflect and relate it in the same way, the way you have listened to it and the way you have uh, gave the example of cleaning the table like never mind going somewhere else but even in your own house yeah. it's four or five different people yeah. and so now you're using your head and you're using your heart to guide you because another person may not want you to touch the table and that would be a problem so with your own heart when you see it and you hear it you find it the discretion where to do it, where it's place for you to hear and see it and do something. And with your heart, you are deciding where it's not your place yeah. not to do it. And, and, and how much outcome. can you do? And your own limitations plus what the outcome would be. Like yes. with the outcome, the same action could have a good or a bad outcome. Mm. So that's where you, you're using your heart. And mashallah, it makes sense how it kept on coming 
It's uh, all connected. Three, many times it has come together, mm-hmm. all three faculties. Yes, very true. So our hearts, how do we show gratitude for our hearts? For the emotional heart. Because Allah is saying, قَلِيلًا مَا تَشْكُرُونَ So how can we turn قَلِيل into kathir? Feeling for others what we feel for ourselves. Musa salam asked Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that which person is the most just in his judgment? And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that the one who judges for others the way he judges for himself. Assalamu alaikum. Uh, sometime you know that uh, in your own relatives there are some people, and, you know, their mood are always swinging and they know what they're thinking about uh, and you don't want to call them because such and such things they have done. But uh, sometime when you call them and uh, it really clears their heart and mind and our heart and minds too, you make them happy and uh, you have good flow of uh, your feelings. Yes. So using our emotions, our feelings positively. I have another take on this issue concerning the taking care of the heart. I work, like I mentioned before, in a violence against women sector. And it gets really, really difficult sometimes when the stories follow you home. And you get home and you, you actually, you're thinking back about some of the things that you hear back at the office. So we have this concept called uh, where you go in and you have the zipper on around you. It's just a way of protecting your own heart from being disruptive to your own life. So in a way, I think that it's also important to do things in balance. Yes, be sensitive, but when it gets too much, where you actually take it home too, you have to create a balance somewhere. And I think it's important in this context as well. Jazakallah khair for bringing that up. Because sometimes we take a lot of pride in thinking that, you know, I feel for others a lot. And then we sit with the problems of other people or the difficulties of other people, and that destroys us. We're not able to do anything. So feeling for others doesn't mean that we're just feeling all the time. It's about channelizing our emotions in what is most productive. So refraining from extremes. One extreme is being completely insensitive. And the other is being overly sensitive. These are extremes. The correct way is that yes, you feel for others, but then you think, what is it that you can do to help them? And you know, at the end of the day, no matter how much worry and concern and grief and fear you have for someone, sitting with that grief is not going to help at all. It's not going to help at all. But doing something for that person, even if it's something like making dua, and dua is, by the way, a big deal. When you make dua, you entrust their affair to who? To Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Recently I learned about this one child, very unwell, and I wasn't able to go see them. And I was just feeling so sad in my heart, so sad. I started crying and I couldn't help it. And then I'm like, what can I do sitting here? Nothing. I can't do anything for them. Okay, I can call them, I can send a gift for them, but that's it. I can make dua. And alhamdulillah, since I started making dua for them, I've been feeling so much better. I've been feeling better, honestly. So this is what we have to do. Using our heart, taking care of the health of our heart, and then using our emotions, our heart, in the most productive way. When we feel something good or feel something positive about someone, our affection for someone, we should make it apparent, we should acknowledge it and say it to them, like, you know, tell them that you love them. I know in a lot of cultures it's not common practice to say these things out loud. 
but I think it's uh, it's positive for you and it's positive for the person you're feeling it for as well. Yes. You know, just in Surah Luqman, we learned about expressing gratitude. So if you're feeling grateful in your heart, expressing that verbally also is part of shukr for the heart. That you're expressing it. And tell me, expressing gratitude, does it make a difference? Does it make a difference? Have you experienced anything lately? That instead of criticizing, expressing gratitude can literally spin the whole situation. Assalamu alaikum. Um, one of my student parents came for observation yesterday and uh, she just uh, had an open heart surgery. And she was in so much pain and she just came for her child because everyone was coming and he was complaining, why aren't you coming? So, you know, heart itself is such a huge blessing and she never knew from day one she had that problem. Like she was missing one chamber or something, they had to put one. And she was saying that if I knew it was this painful, I wouldn't have done it. And also another parent didn't come for observation and when I asked them why not, they said we have six month old who's in the hospital going through open heart surgery. I was thinking, there are so many people around us going through so much and those parents always come to school with a smile on the, their faces. You can never tell they're going through so much. And the other thing I want to share is that it's so amazing how you said that emotions are such a big blessing. We don't even take them as, as blessings because I know someone who has some mental uh, issues like schizophrenia, and they take some medication. The side effect of the medication is that it takes away the emotions. So they don't have emotions for love sometimes. They don't have emotions for sadness. And if they see their kids or wife or anyone going through hard time, they're just standing there with no emotions. And for those people, it's so hard for their families because they don't have that support, right? And even for those people, because they see people going through a hard time or in happiness and they can be part of it. It seems like a small thing, but it's not. So we should be so much grateful for our health in general and for these little things as emotions. Like I think this is what Quran brings in our life is like uh, it opens our eyes to things that we never pay attention to. Like. I never paid attention to that emotions are even blessings. You know what I mean? Jazakallah khair. وَقَالُوا أَإِذَا ضَلَلْنَا فِي الْأَرْضِ أَإِنَّا لَفِي خَلْقٍ جَدِيدٍ They say when we are lost within the earth, will we indeed be recreated into a new creation? This is the disbelief of the people of Mecca, that how they rejected the idea of the hereafter even, of resurrection, that how is it possible that resurrection will take place when we have gotten lost in the earth? Allah says, بَلْ هُمْ بِلِقَاءِ رَبِّهِمْ كَافِرُونَ Rather they are in the matter of the meeting with their Lord, they are disbelievers. Meaning in reality what they deny is the meeting with Allah. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala proves that meeting, that it is certain by saying that, قُلْ tell them, يَتَوَفَّاكُمْ مَلَكُ الْمَوْتِ Who's gonna take your soul? The angel of death is going to take your soul. And this angel of death is wukkila bikum, is someone who has been entrusted with you, meaning he has been empowered over you. He has been given charge over you. Meaning when he comes, he doesn't need your permission to take your soul away. He's been given the lead. When it comes to the prophets of Allah, remember that the prophets of Allah were given a choice. So when the angel of death would come to a prophet of Allah to take his soul, he would ask his permission. 
He would ask his permission. When the angel of death went to Musa a.s., Musa a.s. actually punched him. Musa a.s. punched the angel. And that blow was so hard that the eye of the angel actually, you know, it came out. And so the angel went to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and this is mentioned in hadith, authentic hadith. And he said to Allah that you've sent me to a servant who does not want to die. That, you know, firstly he doesn't want to die and secondly he got so angry that he actually hit me. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala restored the eye of the angel and then told him to go back to Musa alayhi salam and basically give him the option of having his life extended for a certain amount of time. And Musa alayhi salam, he said that, you know what, when this life is going to be over one day anyway, then might as well go now. So Musa alayhi salam, he accepted. Now, by the way, this angel of death, who is he? What's his name? What's the name of the angel of death? Malakul Maut. From the hadith, from the Qur'an, we don't know of any name. Alright? This name that is common within many Muslims, Israel, it doesn't have any basis. In the Qur'an, the angel is referred to as Malakul Maut, the angel of death. In the hadith also we learn about angel of death. So, أَلَّذِي وُكِّلَ بِكُمْ ثُمَّ إِلَىٰ رَبِّكُمْ تُرْجَعُونَ Then you shall be returned to your Lord. This angel has been appointed to take your soul away. You have not been forgotten. And when the angel of death will come, he will take your soul to who? To your Lord. So basically, this is a meeting. The meeting with Allah is a meeting that is unavoidable. It is unavoidable. Just like death is certain. Can anyone escape death? Can anyone avoid death? It's not possible. We can try to save our lives, but ultimately each and every single one of us has to go. By one means or another, one cause or another. So death is certain. Sooner or later, we're gonna die. And just like death is certain, the meeting with Allah is also certain. The day of judgment, resurrection, that is also certain.